Welcome to the C3 Silicon Valley Church Podcast. Senior pastors Adam and Kira Smalcom are so excited to share this message with you and believe that God will speak to you through it. Here at C3SV, we know that God has the best in store for you today and every day. guys are phenomenal leaders uh, and just doing a phenomenal job in every aspect of the church. Uh, Pastor Kim is now on staff and overseeing all operations and everything. And you know these guys, they do a lot. And it is our privilege to have Pastor Kim come and bring the word this morning. So why don't we stand up and let's welcome Pastor Kim as she comes to bring the word. Awesome. Good morning, church. I'm so happy to be with you. Come on, I'm so excited this morning to be preaching to the most incredible church in the world. Amen? Come on, who's been loving this Anchored series? Yeah? I mean, we learned about the first week, how we shouldn't anchor ourselves to a past experience. Oh, you can have a seat. Sorry. Sorry, I already got started. Come on, that we don't need to anchor ourselves to a past experience, but to Jesus himself. Amen? Jesus, who is our forerunner, who's gone ahead for us. And last week, Pastor Adam preached an incredible message about putting hope first. How when there's a gap between our ability and God's promises, come on, we anchor ourselves to hope, which is in front of all things, and it pulls us through to the promises of God. Amen? And throughout this series, we've had a, a series verse that we've been meditating on. It's Hebrews six eighteen through 20. It says, Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Come on, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Read it with me. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary, and Jesus has already gone there for us. Come on, he has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Amen. And you know, before I start, I need to take a moment to honor pastors Adam and Kira. Come on, who loves pastors Adam and Kira? You know, incredible leaders who truly believe in the power of God. Come on, they believe in mobilizing every member of our church, and they've equipped us, and they empowered us, and it's, it's their faith that has been one of the biggest drivers of this church. Amen? How many people love this church? Come on. You're not a part of a dead church. This, uh, this church is alive, right? This church is vocal. Come on, we shout our pastors down. Come on. We love to laugh. We love to smile and have fun. Come on, we believe in reaching the farthest out person. And maybe that was you, but now you're here and your family. We believe in the presence of God where miracles and breakthrough takes place. Come on, we believe in connecting. We love people, genuine relationship. We want to know all about you, your name, your dog's name, your cat's name. Come on, we want to take you out to lunch. And if you don't have lunch plans, my husband's on the front row. Babe, will you take their info down? And we'll take you out to lunch, Amen. We're just so glad that you're here. And you know, that's the culture of our church. It's alive and thriving because we've truly had that revelation that the church is the hope of the world. Come on. This is not a club. It's not an organization. It's not just a way of life. We're people. We love people. We're all about people. Come on. This is not fake. This is not hype. This is hope because we are people that have hope. Amen. Come on, and that's what I'm here to preach about this morning, about the community of believers, the robustness of community. Come on, the diversity in community, and how community is pivotal to us being anchored to Jesus. Come on, the title of my message, are you ready for this? Unity is in community. 
I know, that's why they keep me around the office, right? Come on, turn with me, would you, to Acts 2.1. And I know, yeah, you laugh at it, but I was a teacher. You can't spell community without U-N-I-T-Y. It's true, come on. And I've been studying these past several weeks in the early church, the Acts church, how unity was critical to the growth and the expansion of the gospel. Come on, I looked it up in the dictionary. Unity is a state of being united or joined as a whole. It's a harmony and an agreement between people or groups. I also looked it up in Urban Dictionary. Anyone heard of that? That's where you can find words like YOLO or swerve. Come on, Urban Dictionary says this. Unity is basically you want everyone to be able to chill together and have a good time. You are all down. Come on, church, my question for you this morning. Are you down with community this morning? Come on, do you want to be in fellowship? Are you down as we come around the word of God? Okay, then let's go. Come on. A little context about Acts. You know, Jesus had died. He had rose again. And for 40 days, he had been in communion. He had been hanging out with the disciples and the Christians of the time. And then it came for him to ascend to heaven, to be with God at his right hand. And after this, all the Christians gathered together in the upper room, and they began to pray. And it says in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. It filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues and other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It's pretty cool, right? Come on, a little, let's skip a little bit forward. Acts 2.40, it says, Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Can you say a long time? Come on, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. You know, I love this guy, Peter. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He got a lot of airtime in the Gospels. Come on, and we can learn about him here. He was persistent. He didn't give up. He kept preaching. And look what it says. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Come on. And watch this. It says, all the believers, all the believers devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Come on. What's the mission of our church? Every member mobilized. All the believers, not just the worship leaders or the community group leaders, everyone. Come on, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything, sold their property, possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the good will of people. It says, each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. Amen? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you're here with us right now. Holy Spirit, I I pray that you would have me decrease and you increase. Do what only you can do. Put your power on this word, Father God. Refresh us, renew us with your spirit today. We love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. By now, you've already noticed that I am, in fact, Asian. It's true, right? I only speak the truth. Come on. And because I'm Asian, you know I have Asian parents. They were your typical Asian parents. If I got an A- minus on anything, grounded for a week. Come on. Couldn't talk to boys. Couldn't go out. I had to stay home and study and get 100% on math tests. 
come on. <laughs> These were my parents, you know, they were strict. And, you know, my parents, they really, my dad talks like Jackie Chan, looks like Jackie Chan. They were super Asian. And there's an incredible story behind how they are the way they are. Both my parents immigrated to America from Vietnam. You know, they escaped after the Vietnam War through the jungles of Cambodia on foot to come to the land of opportunity. And you know, they were really poor when they got married. They actually got married in San Jose. And they're really poor financially. Not only that, they were really poor at planning because somehow they got pregnant with me right away. They were married in April. I was born in December. You do the math. I was a honeymoon baby, come on. And you know, they were so poor that they couldn't afford to raise me. So when I was only weeks old, they sent me to Canada to be raised by my grandma. You know, my grandma was just in town, and I was like, Grandma, how could mom send me away like that? I mean, Vance and I, we don't have kids yet, but I do have Ariel, my beautiful golden doodle puppy. And I could never imagine sending Ariel away. But, you know, my grandma said, you know, it was the biggest sacrifice that my mom had to make. But she did it because she, she had to prepare a way for me to come back. And a year later, after I was already walking, she picked me up from the airport, and I've been with her ever since. I mean, the oldest daughter of a family who doesn't speak English, you know me, paying the bills, translating, come on, driving my brother and sister to soccer practice, booking doctor's appointments, going to conferences for them. Come on, we were close. I mean, I was that kid in college, you know, on the weekends, didn't care about social college things. I was on my mom's couch on Friday, watching TV and eating her food. And you know, Sunday, I was taking toilet paper and food back to the dorms. Can I get a witness? Any college kids? Man, the college grind, right? I loved college. It's where one of the biggest blessings of my life happened. You know, I met, I started dating, was FBO, Facebook official, with my husband, Vance Roush. How many people love Pastor Vance? Come on, and we were blessed. I mean, we, in one summer, we graduated, got married, and both landed full-time jobs in the Bay Area, and that's how we're here with you today. Pretty cool, right? On one hand, you know, it sounds like an awesome story, a beautiful story, but on the other hand, you know, for my mom, it was a nightmare of a story. She was devastated. You know, she felt like she was left behind. One day, she was picking me up from the airport, you know, I graduated high school, graduated college, got married, and then just left. You know, she's thinking, how am I going to survive without Kim? How am I going to function without Kim? Who's going to help me negotiate and hustle at Macy's? And who's going to order food at Red Robin for me? Come on. And you know, <laughs> we can feel this way too when change or transition happens or when we leave someone or someone leaves us. Come on, when we change uh, location, occupation, relationship status on Facebook, we can feel lost and empty, defeated. Come on, we can feel this sometimes just towards a person, or sometimes we even feel this towards Jesus. Jesus, where are you? Are you back there? Am I supposed to be where I am? Are you here with me, Jesus? And I'm thinking about the disciples in that upper room after Jesus ascended to heaven. You know, they could have been thinking, Jesus, where, where'd you go? We had a lot of, we did miraculous things when you were here with us. We're, we're missing you. How, how do we function without you? How do we go on without you and your power? You know, Pastor Adam's been preaching. We cannot anchor ourselves on a past experience. 
We anchor ourselves on Jesus himself. Come on, and we know the story. Jesus didn't leave us. He sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. Come on, he sent his Holy Spirit with us, and it came down like tongues of fire. Come on, in that upper room, they're praying fervently, and the Holy Spirit came on to them. And that's my first point today, that the Holy Spirit came to empower a people, not just a person. Come on, the Holy Spirit, he didn't, Jesus didn't leave us alone. This is good news. He sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. It came onto a people, 120 Christians in that upper room. Come on, not just a person. And he came so we could be united. Come on, in Acts 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I know that ain't a Honda accord. They were together in one accord. Come on, it's a, it's a Greek word probably Honda stole it. Come on, it was used to describe the uniqueness of the Christian community. It's a compound of two words, rush along and in unison, so in unity. You know, it's kind of like when you listen to music and there's different sounds and different voices, but they all harmonize beautifully. Or like different instruments in an orchestra, but they all under one concert master come together beautifully. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It blends together the lives of the church, of the members of the church. Come on, the Holy Spirit came to empower a people, not just a person, and he came to unite us. Anyone say they would have a pretty good ear for music? Okay, like maybe you don't play an instrument, you don't sing, but you can tell when something's off. You can tell when someone's playing the wrong key or singing the wrong note. You kind of get that cringe factor, like my head's hurting, you know? And I experienced this a lot when I'm driving in my car with my husband, Vance. (laughs) And you know, we're driving and we love to just bump the music and we're dancing and we're grooving, you know? And then all of a sudden I get that cringe factor. (laughs) Like, something. (laughs) Like, my ears hurt. I I don't know what's going on. What is that sound? Is it the radio? Is it Ariel? Is it Vance? And you know, so here's my plan. I just keep on like dancing and grooving and I start lip syncing. You know, I look at Ariel, she can't talk. I look at Vance and I'm thinking, yup, it's definitely Vance. He is out of tune, out of key. He's doing all these weird dance moves. I don't know what he's doing, but you know, you're so cute, babe. You can, you can keep doing that. But you know, how many know this is not how the community of believers should be? In the community of believers, come on, there should be a beautiful sound of unity, amen, where there's a hum of camaraderie and love and understanding. Come on, we have this unity because we're anchored to Jesus. Come on, Jesus is grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound, right? Grace is Jesus, that unmerited, unearned favor of God. Come on, that scandalous love. Grace is what we've freely received, so we freely give. Come on, grace positions us to say, what can I do for my community, not what my community can do for me? Grace is why we invite people to church. Come on, grace is bigger than everything. It's bigger than offense. It covers all. It forgives all. Amen? And this was the significance of Pentecost. It was the universal outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a new model. Come on. In the Old Testament, you know, God's Spirit It used to only rest on one person at one time for one specific task. But here we see there's a a new model for church. Come on, here in the church we see 
all people, men and women, young and old, receive the Holy Spirit, that outpouring, that the flames of fire. Come on, it says the Holy Spirit came to empower a people, not just a person, and he came to unite us. You know, God created us to be in community. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, you're not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession, and as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, this call, it's not singular, it's plural. Come on, we need each other. And when we get that revelation that the Holy Spirit came to a people, not just a person, we can shift our mentality from a me to an others. We need each other. We're a chosen people. Come on, when we started this church, we said we wanted to be a connect-driven, Holy Spirit-empowered, influential church. That if we left tomorrow, would the community feel it? Come on, would they feel it? And I believe that that's what we have at C3. That there's power in the gathering of the saints. Come on, because where there's unity, that means there's strength. And where there's strength, that means there's influence. And where there's influence, that means there's change. And change comes by knowing the name of Jesus. Amen. And God, I received that. Thank you. And you know, the Holy Spirit, he came to empower a people with one message, Jesus. Anyone in here like Starbucks? Okay. Come on. I, I know you like your Australian coffee, Pastor Adam, but don't hate. Let's celebrate. <laughs> I'm from Seattle, people, the land where Starbucks was born, where there's literally a Starbucks on every corner. There's even drive through Starbucks, which they don't have here in California. I haven't seen any. Oh, sorry. I just lied on stage. They do have them. I just haven't seen them. But, you know, Starbucks, I love Starbucks. And oddly enough, I don't drink coffee at all. You know, I love Starbucks for their environment. You walk in, there's a barista that's smiling. She's happy about her life. Comfy chairs, um, tables for you to sit at, come on, couches, places for you to plug in your MacBook or your PC. Come on, the best thing of all, the greatest thing that Starbucks has to offer, free Wi-Fi. Anyone like free Wi-Fi? It's pretty awesome. And, you know, I've traveled around the world to Vietnam and South Africa, Argentina, and Sydney, and every Starbucks I've been into, it's the same messaging. It's the same brand. Come on in, sit in a comfy couch. You can take a nap if you want. You don't have to buy anything like you do at Pete's. Come on, Pete's. You have to pay for a cup of coffee to get free Wi-Fi. Come on, I love that. Starbucks, one universal message. And that's what the community of believers is like. Amen? In the community of believers, we're all different, but we have the Holy Spirit who blends us together, unites us with one message. Come on, it's, we have different backgrounds, but the same message, Jesus is Lord. Come on, different personalities, same message, Jesus is Savior. Come on, different churches, same message, Jesus is salvation. Different occupations, same message, Jesus is God. Come on, different spheres of influence, but Jesus is above every name. Come on, you could have been in church your whole life or just one week, but we have that same message on the inside of us. Come on, Jesus is grace. He's our healer. He's our provider. We're under the same promise, the same hope, amen, the same power. No other name but Jesus. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm with them. Come on, the Holy Spirit came to empower people, not just a person, and he filled us with one message. And you know, what did these Christians do when they're in the upper room? After they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they took it to the streets. 
Come on, they went out, they spilled out into the courtyard, and at the time, it was the festival of Pentecost. So there's people from all around the world, different nationalities, different languages in one place. And you know, it says in Acts that when these people came out into the streets and started saying the name of Jesus, they said they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. We hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And this is our message, Jesus. This is our mission, to tell the nation, come on, to take it to the streets, amen? Jesus said, go and make disciples. And you know, that's the mission before us. How many can know that's kind of, can kind of be mission impossible? Anyone seen that movie? Tom Cruise, face never ages, in every scene, every movie, he's running like this. Every movie, come on, running from a bus and a bomb, I don't know what he's doing. Me and Vance, we love movies. I mean, every weekend we're at the movie theater. Come on, Costco, discounted tickets. They hook us up. You know, and I love movies. What makes a good movie is, you know, a main character trying to overcome some huge conflict. You know, like Frodo trying to take the ring to Mordor. Or, you know, Bella trying not to get eaten by her vampire boyfriend. Batman trying to save Gotham from the Joker and Bane and Two-Face. Come on, there's a protagonist, and he's trying to overcome this conflict. But, you know, they never do it on their own. They're never by themselves. They always have a supporting cast. Come on, people that help drive the story to completion, people who help them stay faithful to the mission. When they're discouraged, they encourage. When they fall down, they pick them back up. They fight battles for them. Come on, church. Without them, it would be mission impossible. But with them, it's mission accomplished. Church, who's your supporting cast? Who's your Samwise Gamgee when Frodo can't make it up the mountain anymore? And, you know, Sam says, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry you. Or I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. And he gets up on his big hobbit feet, and he brings him up the mountain. Come on, who's your supporting cast? We need this. We need community to support us, to help us carry out the mission. You know, some of you know this. Before I came on staff at C3, I was a teacher for the past two years. You know, my second year was awesome. It was great. My first, my first year, it's a lot of darkness. You know, I'd wake up, and it would be dark. And when I came home from school, it was still dark outside. You know, if anyone's a first-year teacher, they know how I feel. You know, the scariest moment would be when that morning bell hits and 120 little third graders come into my class, sit down, and they look at me, and they're thinking, come on, lady, what are you going to teach us? Say something. Why do you look so scared? (laughs) You know, I'm standing there. I'm looking back at them, and I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. You guys smell. Stop throwing stuff. Stop touching each other. Listen to me now. Don't eat that. Don't touch that. Just stop. Just stop. You know? Oh, teaching. Glad I transitioned. (laughs) Come on. I mean, bless teachers. They're amazing. Come on. And my favorite time of the day, 1250, lunchtime. You're prophetic over here. Yeah, lunchtime. I could drop all these third graders off the lunch area, run upstairs to my staff room where I can have a conversation with someone over the age of eight and just say, you know, I think I'm going to quit. Like, right now. 
I can't do this anymore. They don't listen. They smell. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I can't teach them. And, you know, I needed my veteran teachers to come alongside me. And they said, Kim, you're not quitting. Come on, this worked for me. It will work for you. Take this lesson plan. Implement this. Take this strategy. Do it. Take this activity. Use it with them. Come on, I need this. I needed my teachers to encourage me. They told me, Kim, command the room with authority. You're older than them. <laughs> Easier said than done. Come on, you can't work with kids. You can't work with animals. That's what Hollywood says, right? Come on, they said, Kim, be prepared. Have a lesson plan. Have copies made. You know, and they encouraged me. They told me, Kim, you're, you're gifted. You're called to be a teacher. Come on, stay faithful to the mission. And, you know, that's, that was my supporting cast. Who's your supporting cast, church? You know, that's what this church, C3, can be for you. We can be your supporting cast. Come on, when my teacher told me, Kim, have authority in the classroom, it's the same. I need the community believers to tell me, Kim, be confident when you tell people about Jesus. Come on, the Holy Spirit's with you. Just like they told me, Kim, be prepared with lesson plans and copies. I needed people to tell me, Kim, get in the word. Here's a revelation. Meditate on scripture. Get prayed up. Be prepared, right? We need to be prepared in the world, right? Come on, in Hebrews 3.12, it says, Take care, brethren, that there not be any one of you with an evil heart, an unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. It means don't lose your faith, but encourage each other one another day after day as long as it's called today. It means right now, encourage each other. Every day, encourage each other. Did you forget? Encourage each other. Come on, so none of you will be hardened, will be tricked, turned away, blinded by the deceitfulness of sin. Come on, for we have been partakers of Christ as we hold fast, as we are anchored to the beginning of our assurance. Come on, his faithfulness, his promises, firm until the end. You know, and that tells me our faith, it's kind of like a muscle, right? You got to work at it or it's going to get flabby. And ain't no one like flabby faith, right? Come on, we start losing our faith when we start believing in little lies of the enemy, right? But that's why we need the community of believers to come alongside us and say, you can do it. Come on, I believe in you. Share their testimonies. Revelations 12, 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their... You guys have been reading your Bibles. Come on, church, who is your supporting cast? You know, when I'm going through financial troubles, I need someone to come alongside me and say, Kim, have you tithed yet? Work for me. It could work for you. Come on, when I'm tired and I need rest and I'm exhausted, I need the community believer to come alongside me and say, Kim, have you casted your cares onto Jesus? He cares. When I need wisdom for a huge decision in my life, I need the community of believers to come alongside me and say, hey, have you prayed to Jesus? He's abundantly wise. He'll show you all things. Come on, the community of believers. We share our testimonies to overcome the enemy. Come on, we can draw from each other's experiences. The community of believers, that's our supporting cast. And you know, this is what we have in this church. I'll prove it to you. Can you do this with me, church? Can you all stand up right now? Can you grab two people next to you and encourage them? Come on, just grab two people. You might know them, you might not, but just speak an encouraging word over them. Come on.
Wow, incredible. Awesome, you don't even want to stop. Come on, encouraging. Once you start, the fun don't stop. Amen? Come on, I feel the faith increase in this room already. Come on, spirits are lifted. People are encouraged. Who feels strengthened right now? Come on, church. Let's stay unified. Let's be a people who are full of the grace to which we are anchored to. Let's couple our shields of faith together. Amen? And my last point this morning is community helps you discover your true identity. You know, growing up, I, I struggled with my identity a lot. You know, as a kid, my family would always call me Bamup. That wasn't in English, don't worry. <laughs> that was in Vietnamese, and it means a chubby baby or chubby kid. And, you know, it was just a family nickname. It's just something they called me for jokes, but I really internalized that, you know, and it carried with me. Then you get to junior high, and you're so confused, so many identities and labels to choose from, right? Do you want to be a star athlete and do sports? Do you want to be in leadership and do student council? Or do you want to be a smart kid and go down the honors track? And you know me, I wanted to do it all. You know, I wanted, I engulfed myself in every aspect. And then I developed this identity for myself. I'm a stressed out, busy person. That's what I always told people. I'm just so stressed. I'm just so busy. And that's what people labeled on me. You know, and you get to high school and I had that identity of being stressed out. And then people start giving you other labels based on your GPA, your boyfriend, the car you drive. Come on, labels. That's what the world gives us. And it communicates value, worth, and purpose. Come on, sometimes we create the label for ourselves. Sometimes people put it on us based on observations or judgments of our character. Come on, when the world labels us, what they're doing is they're putting a lid on us. They're putting a lid on our potential and our value and our worth. And maybe it's because of something we've done in the past, you know, or what we currently do. Or maybe it's because who we're associated with or our last name, DNA, shape, color, size. Come on, this is your GPA. That's the job you're going to get. This is the way you look. Here's your lifestyle. This is your ability. Here's your potential. But in the community of believers, it's different. Come on, we see your true identity as someone who is, belongs to Jesus. Come on, because we're anchored to Jesus. We know the promises that you have access to if you put your hope in Jesus and not labels and not identities. Come on, because the world labels you based on who you are. But the community believers, we label you based on whose you are. Come on. You have an eternal label on your life. You are God's. This label cannot be shaken. It cannot be changed because it's anchored in the hope and the promises of Jesus. Come on, if you think your identity is being a star quarterback, you break your leg, you just broke your identity. You know, when you belong to Jesus, no one can break that. Come on, you can be steadfast in that identity. You can have confidence in that identity. Come on, there's consistency in your life. And it's the most freeing identity you can have because there's no lid on it because there's no lid on our God no lid on our God and you know the more we're anchored to Jesus the more we start to sound and act and have a little bit more of his identity his grace love peace come on his joy because we're a child of God we're a chosen people come on we have access 
church, come on, because he's already gone before us. He's our forerunner. He's already made a way, and now we have access to the promises of God. 2 Peter 1.4 says, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption. What did Peter say? Save yourself from this crooked generation. Come on, caused by human desires. You know, and as the band comes up, this is why I love community. We are people empowered by the Holy Spirit to encourage and speak identity that's anchored in Jesus himself. We know the promises for people's lives. Come on, church. Are you down with community this morning? Are you planted in the house? Are you planted? Let's get real. Come on. The Holy Spirit came to empower people, not just a person. And he gave us, he united us with one message, Jesus. Come on, we need our supporting cast. Because you know the enemy, he wants you to do it by yourself. He wants to do it in your own strength. He wants to keep you separate from the community. But God wants us to be together. He gave us the ultimate model of community, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What a good model of community. And you know, being planted in community, that's pivotal to being anchored in Jesus. That word defined in urban and the regular dictionary is of crucial importance in relation to the development or success of something else. Come on, to be successful being anchored in Jesus, we need the community of believers. We need to do this together. We need to be united. We need people to encourage us and share your testimony so we can overcome. You know, when, when we move, that's when God moves. When we move, that's when God moves. And I'll end it here in Acts 2.4.4. It says, and each day the Lord, can someone say the Lord, added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Come on, I love how the Bible's so simple. We need to be united, hang out, love each other, pray, go to Chipotle, go to community group. And what does God do? God adds to the house. He adds to the people who are being saved. He saves people. Amen? Church, would you uh, close your Bibles and just uh, bow your heads with me as we pray? Thank you, Jesus. And church, if you're here this morning and you'd say, Kim, I don't know this man, Jesus. I haven't experienced true identity as being a child of God. Maybe the world has labeled you this way, put a lid on your potential. You know, maybe they, the world made you feel less or in lack. But today, you can receive the identity as a child of God. Come on, you can receive the full promises of health and joy, love and peace that God has for you. If you've never accepted Jesus into your heart and anchored yourself to him, today is your day. There's a reason why you're in church. It's not accident, it's faith. Jesus wants to meet with you today, remove all the wrong labels, and put an eternal label on you. He wants to be in relationship with you, invite you into his community, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, you have access. And if that's you this morning with everyone's eyes closed, could you give me a little wave of your hand if that's you this morning so I could see? Come on, thank you. I see that hand. If that's you this morning and you want a relationship with Jesus, you want to join his community, could you raise your hand? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, my second call today is 
you know, maybe you've already received Jesus, but you've never received his community. You know, you love God, but you feel like you're doing it all on your own in this walk. Your faith, it's taken some hits. and You don't know if you can get back up. You don't have those people, your supporting cast to encourage you and lift you up. The enemy, he wants you to do it by yourself, to battle through life alone, but God wants you to be in community. Come on, he created a beautiful one for you right here. And if that's you this morning, we have people that want to pray with you. You know, community, it's, it's give and take. You can come on a Sunday and you can receive a great word and a great cup of coffee, but it's when you turn back and give to your community, that's where true transformation happens. That's where true life and purpose is discovered. So if that's you this morning, you'd say, Kim, I haven't anchored myself to community yet, but I'd like to. Or Kim, I don't have a supporting cast around me, but I want one. This is your day. Come on, you can have it. We have amazing community group leaders and prayer team that want to surround you right now. So if that's you, with no one looking, could you give me a little wave of your hand? If that's you, you want to encounter community, and you want to be around community again, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, this is a really amazing decision that you made, and we want to celebrate it. And, you know, I really want to pray for you, those of you who rose your hand. You know, I have short Asian legs. I can't get to you fast enough. So if you would, church, um, we're going to celebrate you. If you made that decision today on the count of three, I'd like you to come down or this message spoke to you and you want prayer and you want that extra encouragement from someone, someone to speak life into you, someone to speak a true identity to you. If you want that extra prayer time, the altar is open for you. So on the count of three, if that's you, the church is going to celebrate. If you want to stand up and come on down. So come on, church, let's celebrate. One, two, three. Come on down. Thank you for listening to today's message. We trust you heard from God and that you're more encouraged, more refreshed, and more in love with Jesus than you were before. If you ever find yourself in the Bay Area, we'd love for you to come and attend a service. For more information about C3SV, please visit www.c3sv.org.